There's a couple fundamental questions that every investor asks at some point, and these questions are often repeated all throughout investing. One of the questions is simply, what do we buy? What do we buy? There's so many options of different investments to make. What should we focus our time on? And then, of course, the other questions are, when do we buy and when do we sell? If we buy high-quality investments, but we buy them at the wrong time, we may actually have inferior returns. We may actually lose money by buying at the wrong time and selling at the wrong time. And likewise, if we buy at the right time and we sell at the right time, we can have very favorable returns. So a lot of investing comes down to not only what we buy, but when we buy it and when we sell it. And out of those questions, I've been thinking about one in particular, and that is when do we buy? I recently purchased a pretty large position into Starbucks. This is a high quality company that's fallen down in price significantly from its peak. But regardless, I'm in the red by over $4,000. So far, this looks like it could be a mistake. And I've received a lot of feedback and a lot of comments over the previous episodes of how this may in fact be a mistake. Let me just highlight one of them for you. This is a real comment left on one of the previous episodes. The commenter here says, Joseph, you're trying so hard to justify your purchase in the Starbucks stock, just like you did in Alibaba. I made a similar mistake in the past, but learned quickly to cut my losses and move on. I appreciate the viewer for leaving that comment because I got a chance to think about it and see if I am in fact making the same mistake. Is Starbucks going to be another repeat of Alibaba, a stock that falls precipitously for months on end and never fully recovers? Is that the situation that we might go into with Starbucks? And then that got me thinking more. Starbucks obviously is a high quality company. It has good brand value. It has excellent fundamentals. It has very high returns on invested capital. But that still leaves the question, when do we buy? When do we buy a high quality company like Starbucks? And did I buy this one at the wrong time? Now, whenever a fundamental investing question is brought up, like when do we buy, I like to turn to the experts, the OGs of investing like Warren Buffett, and he has a lot to say about when to buy a stock. Here's his input on the subject. I'm not recommending that people buy stocks today or tomorrow or next week or next month. I think it all depends on your circumstances, but you shouldn't buy stocks unless you expect, in my view, you... You expect to hold them for a very extended period, and you are prepared financially and psychologically to hold them the same way you would hold a farm and never look at a quote and never uh, never pay it. You don't need to pay attention to them. The first thing that he mentions is he's not going to give specific timing on when to buy a stock, not which day or which week to buy it. But he does mention mentality, that you should view a stock the same way that you would view owning a farm. If you owned a farm, you're not going to look at your farm every day and get price quotes on it. What you're going to be focused on is the yield of the farm. How much fruit is it producing? Are the crops producing a lot of fruit? Is everything going well? And am I getting a good yield at the end of the year? But with stocks, most people's mentality is entirely different. We might do some research initially when buying the company, focusing on the fundamentals, the same store sales growth, the unit operations, how many stores are opening, so on and so forth. But after buying the position, many people change gears and focus solely on the bids. What type of bids are you getting on the company? Has the price declined? Has the price gone up? This all of a sudden becomes center stage. And most investors focus on these prices every single day. We go up and filter by the one day and see if the stock is trading up or down. 
every single hour. A lot of people are fixated on the daily price changes of a stock. In fact, we're so focused on price that the suggestion in many cases is if the price falls too fast, too quick to cut your losses and move on. But of course, Buffett advises into having a different mentality and treating it more like a farm where you're not focused on the daily price quotes. And he goes on to give some other valuable advice. I mean, the main thing to do, and you're not going to pick the bottom and you're not going to, nobody else can pick it for you or anything of the sort. He also mentions that you are not going to pick the bottom. Nobody else can pick it for you. So experts that try to pick bottoms and pick tops, they're not going to be able to do that accurately. And even the best investors in the world have never really been able to time the bottom perfectly. It just doesn't happen. So if you buy into a stock that's fallen in price a little bit, that should be expected. That shouldn't change your thesis. Now he goes on to share even more valuable advice. You've got to be prepared when you buy a stock, have it be down 50% or more and be comfortable with it as long as you're comfortable with the holding. You have to be prepared for a stock to go down 50% or more. And he goes on to say that even Berkshire Hathaway, considered to be one of the strongest and most resilient companies in the world, has had its stock price drop over 50% three different times throughout its history. So no matter what stock you own, you have to be potentially prepared for it to drop significantly. So I think Buffett shares very good advice of having the right mentality, focusing on long-term ownership, not being concerned about trying to time the bottom, but he doesn't really specifically answer the question of when is the best time to really enter into a position and buy a stock. And that is where I continue to search for what I think is the best example of when to buy a stock. And the example that we're going to be looking at is, yes, Chipotle, the quick service burrito restaurant. Most of us are familiar now with Chipotle and their modernized menu, but if we go back in time, this highly successful stock started off as just a small Mexican grill. It was founded in 1993, and soon after, in the late 90s, it received an investment from McDonald's. McDonald's initial investment in Chipotle helped this company expand to 16 different stores and then continue to grow from there. And even though the stock price had its ups and downs, the company continued to grow throughout the years. In fact, from 2007 to 2015, Chipotle went from 704 locations to 2010. And likewise, every metric of the company was growing at an incredible pace. The earnings per share of Chipotle were growing at an incredible pace. They went from just a couple pennies to over four and a half dollars. And the stock price followed. In fact, after around 2013, a lot of people were suggesting that Chipotle could be the new McDonald's. This amazing company that was growing store counts like crazy. It had high returns on invested capital. Everyone seemed to like their food and investors couldn't get enough of it. The price of the stock went from a couple dollars up to above $700 per share. It was one of the greatest stories in the market. But in 2015, when things were seemingly too good to be true for Chipotle, things quickly reversed. They had an outbreak a food poisoning outbreak when they poisoned hundreds of people with E. coli. And this story was plastered all across the news. From CNN, Chipotle shutters dozens of locations as more confirmed E. coli cases emerge. Bloomberg had huge spreads on the front page saying inside Chipotle's contamination crisis. Collins was among 53 people in nine states who were sickened with the same strain of E. coli. 46 had eaten at Chipotle in the week before they fell ill. So Chipotle found itself having a food contamination crisis and poisoning dozens of people all across the country. 
20 of them got sick enough to be hospitalized. Now, as news spread that Chipotle was poisoning people all across the country, Chipotle's earnings dropped like a rock. They were cut in half the very next quarter, and then they went into the negative earnings per share the quarter afterwards. This is because people stopped eating there. Same store sales had huge declines. They had to shutter entire restaurants completely to investigate what's going on. Now, as this terrible news is unfolding for Chipotle, it catches the interest of one investor, who is Bill Ackman. He's looking at all of this stuff unfolding, and he becomes interested in the stock. We have a timeline here. Late 2015, it's breaking news that Chipotle poisons hundreds of people with E. coli. The stock drops 44% within a year as investors and customers lose confidence in the company. Then we have breaking news. In 2016, Bill Ackman just bought a huge stake in Chipotle. In a filing with the US SEC, Ackman's Pershing Square Management disclosed it had bought 9.9% of Chipotle shares and would enter into discussions with the chain's top management. So moving on with our timeline here, we can see that after the 44% decrease in share price, Bill Ackman became interested enough in Chipotle to buy almost 10% of the company mid-2016. That's when he built his position. Now, when big-time investors like Bill Ackman jump into a stock, a lot of times you see that nice bump afterwards. We see it with Warren Buffett, we see it with Elon Musk, and we see it with Bill Ackman. And with this Chipotle buy, it was no different. Chipotle's shares rose up almost 9% right after it was revealed that Ackman bought into the company. So he had this nice bump up soon after the purchase. But in this case, after that initial bump up in share price, once it was revealed he bought a position, things didn't go all that well for Ackman. The company's earnings were frankly terrible. They fell by another 50% down into the negative, and then they only rebounded partially, and then they fell back down again. It seemed like the company really wasn't recovering from this outbreak. In fact, you see the little spike in stock price in early 2017, and then it started to plummet afterwards, and Bill Ackman still held his entire position. After Ackman initially bought in Chipotle, the stock fell another 35%, and he was down over $200 million on his investment. And keep in mind, his investment was falling, losing $200 million in value, while the S&P 500 was racing upwards, so the delta between the two was very large. All the while, negative criticism for Bill Ackman and his Chipotle buy was abundant on social media and through the analysis channels. Chipotle Mexican Grill? Don't catch a falling burrito. Sell rating on Chipotle. Why Ackman is wrong about Chipotle? Another sell rating on Chipotle. Will Bill Ackman design a new Guacatopia program? Another sell rating on Chipotle. And this negativity and criticism towards Chipotle and Bill Ackman during this time was not unique. This was a commonly held view at the time. So this was a situation that Bill Ackman was in. He bought Chipotle. The stock continued to plummet 35%. The earnings per share were not growing at a fast pace. In fact, on paper, even after the 35% decline, Chipotle looked very expensive. It had a P.E. ratio above 30 because the future expected earnings were so terrible. And all the while, he's lost $200 million on his investment. The S&P 500 is racing upwards, and he's facing a ton of criticism and negativity online with different analysts. And this is where things get very interesting. November of 2017, Bill Ackman appears on CNBC with all the guys there to discuss his investments, and Chipotle is one of the focus points. And keep in mind the context here. He's down over $200 million, the stock continues to plummet, it looks expensive on paper, and there's wide criticism towards Bill Ackman and his holding. This is the questions that he's getting asked during this time. Let's talk about Chipotle, uh, Bill, if we could. Sure. Um, Shares got crushed again last week on earnings. Yeah. 
What makes you still convinced that you can turn this thing around? So we're, we're early. We joined the board in the last year, uh, and we're going to work hard to make it uh, help the company turn. Um, but it's work, there's work to do, for sure. He says that he was early to the stock and there was work to do, but they don't let him get off by just saying that. You, but I mean, again, it's a great question. That's a short answer to uh, The short answer is long... go, go to the stores. There are plenty of still long lines, still people buying the product. The stores are still doing $2 million in revenue. A $2 million revenue concept is a great concept. Now, they were doing $2.5 million in revenue before uh, they had their, their various issues. But I think the issues they have are all addressable through better operations and better oversight. Now, notice that right away, Bill Ackman doesn't seem overly concerned with the current stock price. His focus immediately goes to the fundamentals of the business. There's lines out the door, people like the concept. So Bill Ackman's focus on the fundamentals, while everyone else's focus is on the stock price. And as you'll see, Bill Ackman during this time was the only one that seemed to be bullish on this stock. Listen to the other analysts here ask him questions. Disclosure, and, and since we have you know some, some of the gang here today, um, Josh, you've been negative on Chipotle. Steve, you've been negative on Chipotle, suggesting that there's no reason why this stock can't continue to go lower. I love the, by the way, I love the, the restaurant. Um, I just think, uh, I just think there was a magic about the company, and sometimes the magic wears off. And once it wears off, then people say, okay, it's a quick service restaurant. Why am I paying 30 times earnings for it? Why does it have a growth multiple if it's not growing, etc.? So I don't think it's not salvageable. I just think like. This thing was looked at as, oh my God, it's the next McDonald's by a generation of investors. Now, I like Josh Brown. I think he's one of the better ones on CNBC, but he references the Ford multiple being at 30 for a company that's going through a lot of distress. Seemingly, it's very expensive and people previously viewed it as McDonald's, which in his view, it's not anymore. And again, listen to Bill Ackman's response to this. Right, from 06 to, that's I don't think at, anyone thinks that anymore, so. That's when it was at 700 and something dollars a share, right. right? Today, people are looking at, I mean, look at McDonald's. McDonald's has certainly had its cycles of people really loving it, people hating it, yes. and today that's they're true. in loving it mode. That's look true. at Burger King. Burger King was the dog of, uh, of all restaurant companies. You know, we're a major shareholder of Burger King. We helped take the company public again. When 3G bought Burger King and took it private at a 30% premium, right. and same-store sales were declining, I think same-store sales had declined like each quarter for the previous three years when they right. bought the business, and they've made magic with Burger King. So I think, you know, here the company's been, you know, the stock was 500 as they were making progress. They had a, you know, one employee sick in a store, a bunch of people got sick, and everyone like, you know, threw the thing out. The stock's down almost 50% from that kind of near but recent it, high. But this is, this is still a but great But it's more concept. than that. They didn't have to spend money on marketing the way they now have to. And so that's not going to be great for margins long term. There was a time when the only ad they needed was the line out the door. And they had that for years. Yeah, but there's still lots of other ways. What's interesting about Chipotle, and one of the reasons why we're involved, is not just betting on a recovery from the, the food safety issue. It's that this is one of the least optimized of the quick service restaurants, right? right? No so, drive-throughs. No drive No breakfast. I, I'm with you. No I'm breakfast. You. Right. No, no uh, mobile app where you can, you know, the lines. And you stand in front of a Chipotle today, there's still lines. People see the line and then they, they go someplace else. But I think this is such an interesting conversation because Josh Brown is focused more so on the current valuation of the company, the margins being suppressed, and the fact that the stock price may very well go down in the short term. But he does realize that Bill Ackman at least has a point. Bill Ackman, I think, resembles a lot more of what Warren Buffett's advice is, to focus on the actual business. 
Bill Ackman looks at the lines and he sees that the business could be optimized. They could have drive-throughs. They could have mobile apps. They could have all those things that Chipotle currently has that they're benefiting greatly from. But back during this time, it was more difficult to envision all of that. So you see the differences between focuses here. Bill Ackman is very much focused on the farm and the yield of the farm. He's not so focused on the daily bids and the daily price changes. But as you can see, when the discussion changes from one analyst to another, they're all focused on the current valuation, the current price, and the short-term outlook. How much are you right. paying for that in the current multiple? I mean, it's still, forget about what the stock's done. That, that doesn't really matter. What sure. matters is what have the earnings done and what's the valuation. Sure. And at 30 times next year, given the benefit they hit their target for once, first time in three years, yeah. it's still very expensive in a competitive space. I would- His concern about Chipotle during this time is the same concern that most investors have anytime they buy a stock. They look at the next year P.E., and they value the company based off of next year's earnings. And this has been proven time and time again to not be a way to have alpha in the market by simply looking at the next 12 months of earnings. And Bill Ackman's fully aware of this. You know, the problem, the opportunities in the stock market are created because most investors are focused on what are next year's earnings going to be, what's an appropriate multiple. And for a story like this one, where a company's been through what they've been through, sales have gone from two and a half to two million. The right way to look at it in our view is not just to put a multiple next year. You're like, okay, what's a reasonable trajectory for a recovery and what will the earnings be two years out, four years out, six years out, and then discount those earnings back in time. On that basis, it's a very cheap stock if they can perform. Bill Ackman's preferred method to look at these investments is rather than look at next year's earnings, he looks at the next four or five years. He tries to see how things will actually change and evolve for the company And then he discounts that backwards to present day. And so even though today Chipotle looks expensive at a 30 PE ratio, he goes on to explain different changes and evolutions in the company that he thinks will make today's price very cheap in hindsight. If you can make a recovery from the food safety crisis, which in almost every fast food company has been able to make a recovery. And two, you start layering in things like, uh, you know, online ordering breakfast, longer hours, you know, they just had their first drive through, you know, there are lots of different ways. You can I think what he does here is highlight a fundamental problem with just looking at next year's PE ratio without looking at the fundamental developments of the company. He highlights that they could be open for longer hours. They could have breakfast. They could have drive through. They could have a mobile app and delivery and so on and so forth that will fundamentally change the company. And so this next 12 months PE ratio that doesn't factor in any of those changes might not be the most accurate way to look at this stock. Now, having Having said that, Josh goes on to bring up an entirely new concern for Chipotle. So in 2006, when they spun out of McDonald's, did the IPO, there were no real competitors on a national basis that were doing very fresh Mexican food. That is obviously not the landscape today. Actually, so there are competitors on a national You don't basis. feel like Del Taco is a legitimate competitor? It's a Moe's. Qdoba. I mean, these are no, huge no. chains getting bigger and arguably feasting off of a concept that Chipotle really created. Rising competition, another challenge and bear case for Chipotle at the time. And most investors were referencing all of these bear cases when the stock price was in the gutter. And many times you'll see that sentiment follows stock price. Chipotle's stock was moving downwards. People are referencing the increase in competition, the problem with their earnings, how expensive the stock is, and how everything's going wrong for it. But Bill Ackman had to repeatedly justify and rationalize his investment in Chipotle. It's limited to competing against other Mexican... Can I take a look at Burger King? Okay, when Burger King did their turnaround, you don't think there was competition in the hamburger space? Did they turn it around or did they shrink the size of the food and, and really just focus more on shareholders than... No. 
Burger King, look at, okay. just look at the sales per box. Right. They're up 30-something percent from where they were. Look at the quality of the stores. Look at the, the international right. growth of the business. So burgers are crowded, it, so, and it still works. But that's also a crowded space. Are there, are there taco places in every community? I'm sure there are other taco and Mexican concepts. And, but it's very difficult to do what Chipotle has done at a 2,300-unit scale. And by the way, we haven't talked about international, right? They've done nothing internationally, right? right? So there, there are lots of different levers that can be pulled here to make this a successful company. And I have to give them credit for sticking to the stock during this time. I think that the majority of investors would have a very difficult time doing this. The negativity and bear cases were relentless. It's one negative objection after negative objection. Fixable Given the health issues, does this really scale? Because isn't that the problem? That they're trying to do fresh food in a format that... The yes. other chains have looked at and said, we really can't do that? Yes. Okay. And they put in, look, they put in place very good, and they're, they're getting, making them even tighter. I mean, I think this latest issue they had was not an issue of a supply chain problem. It was an issue of a, an un, a sick employee who came into work, right. right? And they didn't identify the manager's It could happen store. anywhere. It could happen anywhere, by the way, because it's Chipotle gets attention. I mean, when the, when the Chipotle issues were happening, there was a story in the press that there was fecal matter in the ice cubes at, uh, you know, I won't mention the, the, the hamburger chain. But people largely ignored it, right? But because this is Chipotle and where the focus is... He has to continually rationalize and defend his position and remind other people that it's not always dark days ahead for these companies. So that magic issue that we talked about, the, the reason why... The magic can come back. Just like it's... So, by the way, McDonald's, but So that's Burger why King, they were the Jack focus. Because the they have this social media presence. Young people fetishized it. People and still so love the chain. He says the magic can come back. And the magic did come back for Chipotle. Since that interview, the stock price has only raced upwards to all-time highs, over triple the price of his initial purchase. In fact, since the time of that interview, Chipotle has averaged a 32% yearly return, doubling the S&P 500 and firmly beating out the QQQ. In fact, even in his initial buy back in 2016, before the large drop in price, his position has steadily beaten the S&P 500 and even beat the QQQ by over 50%. Today, Chipotle's share price is up 3% to $1,556. The future looks bright as ever as they open up more and more stores every single year, almost reaching 3000 at this point. And Bill Ackman continues to hold the stock as his third largest holding with an 18% weighting. And the earnings per share of Chipotle haven't just surpassed their 2015 levels, they're hitting all new highs. So this brings me again to the question of when's the best time to buy a stock? For Chipotle, it was clear that between 2016 and 2018, that window of very bad negative news and negative outlook was an opportunity that some investors like Ackman took advantage of. He didn't time the purchase perfectly. He certainly didn't buy the bottom, and he may have had to hold on to it for longer than expected, but ultimately he reaped the rewards of buying a high-quality company at a very low price. And I see the same kind of example repeated over and over again throughout history. The best time in history to buy Marriott was a time when their hotels weren't being used. Everybody was locked in. The best time to buy oil companies over the past five years was during the time when oil had no demand. The investors that bought during these dips of bad forecasts and bad news reaped the returns. One of the best times to buy Costco stock throughout its entire history was when the big news came that Amazon was buying Whole Foods. Many people thought this would be a new competitor. It dropped Costco stock double digits, and the investors that took advantage of this dip reaped the rewards. So when I make buys into companies that I consider to be high quality, they have good brand value, they have decent moats, I realize that I'm not going to time the bottom with these purchases. I know that going in. With Starbucks, I bought some of it at $96 a share, some of it at $85 
$5 a share, and the price is currently $80 a share. It's below both my current buys, and the stock price may continue to drop. In fact, with the news coming out of China, it's pretty likely that it will drop at least in the short term. Starbucks is a company that's under distress right now. It has the combination of unions and concerns in China. The stock is down 36 from its all-time high. It's trading 16% below where it was in 2019. That is pretty incredible for a company that's continued to grow. To put it another way, Starbucks has increased its store count by over 4,000 from 2019 to current day, and the earnings per share of the company have gone from 60 cents per quarter to earnings per share of around a dollar. The company has substantially increased its earnings and its store count, and it's down 20%. So maybe this is another Alibaba situation. Maybe this is the ultimate downfall of Starbucks, and the company will never be able to recover. But right now, that's a bet I'm willing to take. I think that over the next three or four years, this company will be much more attractive. It'll have far more stores. And I think that many of the concerns that it faces right now will fade into history. I share a similar view with Domino's. This company recently traded down over 30% from just a couple months ago because of a decline in same-store sales. To me, that's very short-term thinking, and I think the company will rebound from it. They increased prices on some of their items by a dollar, which I think will help with their same-store sales. So I expect to see an improvement with Domino's over the next couple of years, and I think this company is very attractively valued. So I'm not suggesting for anyone to follow me into these trades or buy these companies. Everyone's welcome to buy the S&P 500 or the QQQ. That way you can follow the index and not have to concern yourself with individual buys. But when I see high quality companies fall dramatically in price in a short amount of time because of what I consider to be mostly temporary and overblown news, I think that that's an opportunity that I like to take advantage of. And in terms of seeing the stock price drop quickly after buying a company, a lot of people have said comments to the extent of, man, that seems like so much stress. I'd rather just buy the S&P 500. If that's the case, if it causes you stress to buy individual companies, then you shouldn't be buying individual companies. I've been buying individual companies for over five years, and that's never caused me stress. What I'm doing on this channel and what I'll continue to do in the future is share my thoughts on investing and show you what I'm buying with transparency. So I hope you enjoyed that little story. That's all for this time. I'll see you in the next one.